Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast. Coming up, the ladies are flocking to Zwift. The Zwiftcast FTP Test 101. Tips to nail that test. Zwift Virtual Rankings. Where do you stand? And the big trainer debate. Wheel on or wheel off? One Zwifter tests and decides. Well, here we go again, and welcome to my Zwifty pals, Nathan Guerra. Yo, dude. Hey, Simon. And fresh from the first big bike race of the season, the Llama is live from the home of the Tour Down Under. Shane Miller, good day, mate. Good day, Simon. Yeah, coming to you from really hot Adelaide today. Uh, yes, I've seen reports of 40 degrees centigrade, and as we were just talking before we started, in my view, that's too hot to ride. My level of test or litmus test is if your teeth are hot when you're riding, it's too hot to ride. <laughs> For me, about 38 degrees, you know, the hot wind, and you've got your mouth open, and if you feel your teeth and they're hot, it's time to go home. <laughs> yeah, that's Sounds good test for me. Luckily, we don't get that problem in the UK too often. Um, Nathan, Zwift Community Live is finally live. It is a new hub for the community in order to highlight all the awesome things that are happening in the community. And uh, it's just something that kind of needed to happen. And everything that's happening, that's awesome, but in a live format. So we're promoting events, groups, individuals, the latest news. Uh, in a live format. It has been happening in a kind of scattered form and we're just kind of trying to bring it all together. And there's going to be highlighted streams specifically through our Facebook uh, and places that we can really highlight the leaders in live streaming amongst the community. So we're actually looking out for those right now and they're coming on like crazy. Um, and there is a schedule that's going to be launched actually this coming Monday. I think uh, the podcast might already be out at that point. But um, but yeah, we're uh, we're about to launch a full-time schedule. The goal is 24-7 <laughs> awesomeness in Zwift, hopefully, down the road to serve all the uh, world time zones. So. Wow. So it's going to be more than just racing. Oh, yeah, definitely much more than just racing. Uh, some of the groups uh, that... Are, we're looking to highlight are the awesome coaching groups that are out there doing uh, rides live on Zwift, the group rides. I mean, we're targeting everything that the community is doing. We want to find the leaders that can put, pull off a quality stream that can highlight what they're up to through a live streaming format. It looks exciting. Uh, Nathan, I know it's been a long time in the planning. Uh, and like I say, I mean, you know, I, I, I hang around a lot in Swift World because of, well, because of the podcast and because of the job I do. But it's become much more visible even to me ju just this week since since it started appearing on Facebook. So congratulations on that and good luck with it. I mean, uh, you know, yet again, it looks like another fantastic initiative to, to keep people connected. Um, okay, let's get going with some other stuff. Um, I'd rather not mention the volcano. <laughs> I wasn't. Pre I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't. <laughs> you caught me off guard. <laughs> no, but we're not mentioning the volcano because you know you can bet, bet your bibby that it's going to be out within minutes of the podcast being published, but um, <laughs> or erupt or something. Anyway, so let's kick off with something else. Uh, power ups of a pussies. No. <laughs> oh my god. Let's, uh, so let's that was going on there. during a live stream 
And <laughs> half the people who are interacting with it were in my live stream interacting with me about the post in Facebook at the same time. And it was like this, and like Carissa was in there and that things went, I mean, things just got crazy in the live stream <laughs> while that was going on. And people were reacting in both places. It was pretty intense, actually. I, I think Shane intense. even came in too for a second, but then I, I don't know what every happened. Now and then, yep. <laughs> well, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll, we will talk about that later. But we should probably start off actually with well, it's a bit of a negative, really. Well, it's kind of a negative, but it, it's kind of not. It, it was the outage. And for those who might have missed it, Zwift went down during the live streamed uh, GCN race, which was kind of on a global platform. Uh, and it was, what was it, shall we say? It was awkward. Um, it's the third outage this month. And in percentage times of, of how downtime and uptime is measured, which it is in percentage terms, it's absolutely tiny. But in impact terms this time, it was a little bit different, wasn't it? Um, Nathan, you were, I mean, you were, you were involved, I think, behind the scenes in the streaming. It was a bad moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think being in the eyes of, of the public and then everybody who's trying to log on at the same time. So I think, you know, if you have an outage and it's a normal time to use Zwift and it's down for 15 minutes, no big deal. But if there's all this kind of hype around it, it causes a little bit more of a ruckus, you know? And so, uh, I just hope my, my main hope is that it doesn't turn people off because, uh, th first of all, this is not unusual at all in the gaming world. This happens all the time. Um, a lot more on other platforms. Actually, Zwift, as far as a platform goes, compared to other online MMOs, is stellar, actually. But our expectation around training is much higher. Do you see? You know what I mean? And so, like, there's this... All, all dressed up and ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Rather than I just got to log in or I got to wait another 15 minutes. But I have an hour and a half workout planned. And so it has a little bit higher expectation around it to get this specific time in. And there's a uh, reflection on me as to whether or not I got my time in correctly. And the reflection when you're, when you're playing World of Warcraft is a little bit different on me, whether or not I got to play World of Warcraft. So, I mean, like, but mm, it's yeah. been, I would like to say it's been absolutely stellar. At the same time, it is really frustrating. I mean, Shane, we've talked about this before uh, lots of times, actually, about leaping onto the keyboard when things get a bit sticky for whatever reason. But it's slightly different, isn't it, when you put your shorts on, you've turned your fan on, you put your shoes on, you want to do a workout and the platform's down. I mean, you know, again, we should we should we should counsel uh, caution here because in the big scheme of things it's no big deal but you can understand people's frustration oh for sure look um, and even uh, as you mentioned before about jumping on the keyboard too fast look I'll turn the acid the other way I think Zwift might have jumped on the keyboard a bit too fast because initially it was blamed on capacity and they were saying, oh, there's capacity issues right at this time with everyone logging into the module. And it was that was the initial um, you know, words that were given about um, what had taken place from Zwift official. And then that changed later on to it was an AWS disk-related issue. So I think they may have jumped a little bit too quick on that. I know they want to be visible and you know talk to the community about what's going on. 
But that's a little bit, that sort of left me a little bit questioning. It's like, um, I'd rather the facts than sort of being told one thing than another. Look, in summary, look, Zwift, we all love it. It's fantastic. It, it works. It is super accurate when everything's working, but reliability when it counts has let a lot of people down. So I think there's a bit of work to do there on the technical back end. Yeah, and it was interesting that Eric, um, well, he fingered Amazon. You know, he fingered Amazon Web Services as the cause of the problem, that, that that something broke and they didn't react fast enough. Now, you know, for people who don't know, and, I, you know, I'm no expert, but it's fairly well known that Amazon Web Services are a huge, huge tech company who provides services to online businesses. And I don't know, Shane, it seemed odd that they would mess up. Yeah, it look it. I mean, it all comes down to cost as well, and there's a balance between reliability and um, integrity of your systems being up, um, and also the cost of that. It might cost you twice as much to have two systems up, three times as much to have four systems up. Um, so there's always a really um, fine balance there. So if that needs to be something they go back to the drawing board with, um, I'd like to see that worked on in the background. We're not seeing a lot of development in the game space, so I'm hoping in the back end this is what's being worked on as well at the same time. But one thing is for sure is that these events are distressing for the company and the company really, really, really don't want them to happen. And I'm certain that they are doing all in their power to make sure that they don't. Um, but we could do without having any more, I think, Nathan, don't you? Uh, yeah, and that, that's the thing is um, these events are great. Uh, we really want them to happen. I think, I mean, the, the hype and the fun, I mean, obviously people desire it. Like you had over a thousand people join an event on Zwift. It used to be that a thousand people would log in and just be riding around in the entire world. And now one event is attracting over a thousand people. I mean, that's, that's obviously there's a huge demand for it. Right. And so like Shane was saying, I think there's a realization as we are, or Zwift is trying to, uh, scale up its events and start to go with more promotions that uh, there needs to be preparation for them in place, obviously. It's slightly controversial thing to say. It's a good problem to have is that so many people are flocking onto the platform that it's causing in some form or another capacity problems. Um, so let, let's go on to talk about that a little bit. And I want to talk about ladies Zwifters. And, you know, we've we've talked before about using this term ladies. Um, it is widely used in cycling and almost every female cyclist I've ever spoken to never has a problem with it. So we'll just get that out there, that we are going to talk about ladies lifters because that's that's the, the terminology that tends to, you, tends to be used. Now, I got the impression there were a few more on the platform, so I asked Swift, and uh, very quickly they came back and gave me some data. So a bit of a quiz question, boys. Um, Shane, in percentage terms, where has Lady Zwifting gone from and to in the past few weeks? Oh, interesting question. Um, look, I'll try and refer to the stats that I see from my content, which is sort of the same demographic. I'd say it's gone from 3.5% to 5 Right. Good guess. Same guess from you, Nathan. Uh, so I'd have to agree on the first percentage that right around, I was going to say somewhere between two and 4%. And I think it might've jumped a little bit more than five. I'm going to guess eight. I'm going to just go with the hard number. I'm going to say 10. I'm going to go up. You were, you were a little bit more aggressive than Shane, actually, Nathan, and you're closer to the truth because, um, a little bird told me, well, it wasn't a little bird, actually, it was Eric Min, that, um, 
we have gone from 7% to 11%. Wow, great. Yeah, in uh, in the past few weeks alone. Now, whether that is 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 all iOS, I don't know, but but clearly it must have had an influence. Um, so uh, a final little quiz question. What, what do you think Eric thinks the figure will be within a year? Uh, er- Eric loves to really spitball long range. I'll go 30%. I'm, I'm going to go with not a number, but I think he's going to shoot for the same amount of demographics you'd see in real world. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Eric's playing a careful game because he's now, of course, he's got investors to keep happy, so he doesn't want to set these targets too high. He he reckoned that that we could get to twenty percent of all Swifters being ladies by this time next year, which which I think is is a reasonable ambition. So um, we're just going to pause for a minute, actually, and actually hear from one of these these um, increasingly less rare creatures, the ladies Swifters. This is Angela Prescott, a new ladies Swifter who joined the community within the past few weeks normally i cycle out on the road on my bike uh, summer and winter but i don't like going out when it's icy or really really windy and i don't like setting off if it's actually raining so what i actually did was um i started going to some spin classes um at my um gym which are actually really really good but the problem i have with the spin classes is that i get knee pain after the classes i've had knee pain when i've been cycling before but a bike fit sorted that out so i thought the best idea was to maybe do spin classes but actually on my own bike that i've actually been fitted for um and obviously having a uh, a turbo trainer it means that I can get on my bike anytime and it also saves a half an hour trip to the gym and the half an hour trip back which means that in one hour I can do exactly the same that it would take me two hours to do otherwise. Was the fact that the kind of technology on Zwift has suddenly got a bit easier like using it on an iPad and stuff was that a, fact, a factor in your decision at all? It was a lot easier to to set up than I thought it would be because I'm absolutely not technical at all um, so that did work me but it was really really easy to set up and um once i got onto zwift it was it was really really great to follow i've not used the stats to analyze what i've done but i use a fitbit so i've been able to go onto my fitbit to see that the training that i've done on zwift is uh, comparable to anything i've done in a spin class and actually is a little bit harder than what i probably do when i'm on my bike although it actually feels easier mm, well you you sound like a walking advert for zwift so now, if it was a choice between Zwift and spin class, which would you go for? Definitely Zwift. Okay. Well, it's, I think it, that's been really interesting, just, just hearing from one of this, this this big new group of people who've come onto Zwift, which is, is basically, or at least part of the big new group, is, is ladies. One last question, Angela. Why do you think there are so few ladies on Zwift? And we do know that even though numbers have gone up, there are relatively few ladies on Zwift. Maybe. Well, I don't know, but maybe it's because it... You, you would think that it would be quite technical to set up, uh, but actually it wasn't. Excellent. Well, very nice to talk to a new Zwifter. Glad to see that you're, you've joined the community and you're enjoying it. Um, what are your ambitions on Zwift? Would you raise? Well, I didn't think that I would because I'm not competitive at all with people. But when I was riding on it, there was a guy with a Swiss flag that kept just coming past me and I did get quite competitive and I did 
keep putting in a lot more effort than the programme was telling me to in order to stay ahead of him. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed for your time. OK, thank you. Uh, so, chaps, the irony of three blokes talking about this is not completely lost on me, it has to be said. But um, Angela was interesting there, wasn't she? Zwift as an alternative to spin classes, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, she was talking about how she saves time. You know, that was the main thing is that I don't have to get in the car, go to the gym, remember my shoes and whatever all that other stuff is, maybe forget it. And then that the whole trip to the gym is is is, is taken out and that is that much more time that she can spend doing something else or getting more of a workout in. So uh, I think it's extremely attractive uh, to a lot of people and especially um, women who are, are, you know, trying to fit every single thing that they possibly can into their day uh, to... Uh, just jump on the bike at home. So, mm-hmm. Shane, we've got to be super careful about generalisations here because we could find ourselves in uh, either deep or hot water <laughs> or possi- possibly both, actually. But mm-hmm. do you think that... Um, do you think iOS is more female-friendly? I think it's more people-friendly. Yeah, for sure. Um, it allows more people with any level of, um, I guess, technical expertise just to press a few buttons and get up and running rather than trying to find a USB extension cable and a USB key and you know, going into a bike store, which I know females do have you know some trouble with. Um, if there's a, a, you know, a young kid behind the desk and, oh, you're not a real cyclist. And, and then there's many, many issues with that, or sorry, many stories of that online, um, which I really don't like reading. Um, but that does, that is what happens. So with iOS, if it can click download from the app store and use the equipment they already have to get online, it makes it easy for everyone. So, yeah, I'm hoping iOS has actually has contributed to that, uh, that increase. Right on. Okay, well, listen, let's stick with the... Um, with the newbie theme for uh, for a few more moments. Um, one of the very first things that lots of news Swifters do is take an FTP test. I thought it might be useful to do a quick FTP 101. So here it is. This is the Zwiftcast FTP 101 with David Lipscomb, a coach from CIS Training Systems based in New York City. We've been in the business since 2006, so we have some unique experience on on how to train with purpose. What is FTP and why is it important? FTP is functional threshold power. It's the ability to ride consistently for an hour at a threshold level. That threshold level can be measured using heart rates or power. In Zwift, it's power in watts. Threshold is the hardest riding you can sustain without blowing up. How long can you hold an effort utilizing glucose as your energy store without blowing up? And a lot of times you hear a lot of people go too hard because they've utilized all their glucose stores, which makes them bonk. And the key is not to bonk, but it's the last five minutes of the effort is the most important, I believe. And we'll return to those last five minutes shortly. So you don't blow up, you complete the test, Zwift gives you a number in watts, that is your FTP. So why is FTP so important? I think it's important because it gives you a starting point of where you are as it relates to what level of training that you want to accomplish throughout the year. Um, it gives you kind of a litmus test of, okay, where am I at this current state as far as my fitness level is concerned? How hard should you go on an FTP test and how do you pace it? The test is 20 minutes long. So... I would say 15 minutes at a comfortable, steady pace, not as hard as you can, but I believe it's the last five minutes of the test is where you really, really should put in that effort. 
because a lot of times we go out too fast and then we fizzle out at the end. The key is to get stronger as you go through the test, not to get weaker. Everybody has, from me- from a mental standpoint, five minutes in their body. That's that 20% of the effort that you can actually put out. But the 80% of what you're doing is very consistent. Right on. How do I know if I've gone hard enough on my FTP test? <laughs> well, once you finish it, if, if you feel that you could have done more, then you might not have done it hard enough. How important is it to be rested? And what do we mean by rested? An FTP test is no joke. And let's just be real, folks. It's no joke. Um, to be rested at least three days before a test because you can't do a hard ride or a hard training ride, whatever it is, the day before and, and figure out that you want to you know, crush it on your FTP test. You need to at least three days of rest beforehand. Easy pedaling, get lots of rest, drink lots of liquids, you know, get your mind right mentally to do the test. If you get that test right, you have a, a baseline to build off of. We often see people posting their results and it's fairly clear that they've never done a test before and they say, is this good? Is this bad? Should it be higher? Should it be lower? Um, How do people who are new to this interpret that number that the FTP test produces? So when people say, and I I see this this happen all the time, oh, I I had a 220 uh, FTP, I had a 230 FTP, or I had a 300 FTP. Okay, that's great. But it's what you do from that number that makes the the, the total difference. And that number is a good starting place for you to look at and say, okay, how can I improve from that number? It's not so important about, okay, is the number good or bad? It's a starting point of where you are. I am motivated by chasing wheels in races. And as regular listeners will know, you know, I do quite a lot of racing. I'm not very good at it, but I do enjoy it. So why can't I just take my best 20-minute power from a race and call it my FTP? To, to me, I think that's cheating. FTP is an is a individual effort. Individual effort. Okay, because what tends to happen is if you're in a group environment, especially here on Swift, that creates this conversation around, okay, how hard can I pedal? If I could stick with the group, my number is going to increase. But the key is if you can do it individually, that's where you, you get most of your gains on how, how well you're doing if you can do it individually. Right on. Nathan, I know you're a coach yourself, and the thing is about coaches, they're a bit like lawyers, actually. If you employ five lawyers, you get five opinions. I think if you employ five coaches, you're likely to get five opinions as well. Um, I mean, do you think David's right, first of all, about that race method thing? I think me and David will have to agree to disagree on this one. Uh, I think your best 20-minute power that you produce is your best 20 minute power that you produce. And if the race makes it happen, the race makes it happen. Now I'm not talking about normalized power. Get me right there. Do not use normalized power from a race for your FTP. You need your raw average power. What did you produce for 20 minutes straight? Okay. That is, that's what you're looking for. Okay. But, uh, if that was produced during race, then that is the best power that your body can produce. Uh, and if you can do a better one during an individual, great. An FTP test, I think from, uh, an empirical point of view is, is, is not about, 
uh, how it's done. It's about what can the body do so that you can set up all your zones around that. I, I tend to agree with you. As you say, you know, your 20 minute, your best 20 minute power is your best 20 minute power. So who cares how you, how you get it really? Shane, have you ever been sick at the end of an FTP test? No, I'm blessed with not being what we call a chucker. Um, <laughs> no, I keep everything down. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. I've, I've seen stars and, you know, a bit of tunnel vision. Um, but uh, no, haven't actually brought anything back up. Uh, do you do them often? Every now and then. Um, and the data is kept off uh, Strava. So, uh, yeah, no, people <laughs> see me do them. Just a lot of people are afraid of them. They do hurt. But the more you do them, the better you become at them. You can get good at FTP testing. I do think that's true. You become a very good time trialer. And I'm known to go well against the clock or like going against the clock and going very hard against the clock. And these are just time trials. So I like them. All of that aside, and and Nathan, you know, you will get differing opinions from different coaches. You know, that's just part of life's rich tapestry. All that aside, isn't it a marvellous thing in general that Zwift is helping to uh, helping people to self-educate about training with power and how useful that can be. Oh, it's absolutely great. I think uh, because people are going to have a much more, like we were saying before, objective uh, standard for themselves, for them to hold themselves to and see actual advancement and get encouraged by it. I think that using power is always looked at as this kind of geeky thing that was out there that wasn't really needed. And you, you just go hard and it's like the, having the numbers there to actually see, I go to the weight room this week and I'm lifting 50 pounds so many times I go to the weight room three weeks from now and I'm lifting more. It's the same exact idea and you can get encouraged by it and you can see a real actual number that is increasing and you can also train much smarter. So it's uh, it's amazing uh, what Zwift is opening up to everybody because it's right there in front of you on the screen showing you how fast you're going because of the power. Shane, give me give me your top tip. Do more of them. That's you've got to be familiar with what you're actually going to go through because if you don't know what's coming up, yeah, it's going to be painful, but all training is, that's adaptation. That's where you're going to get your gains from. But if you think you're going to do really, really bad in one, just do one and then you've got a number. And next time I can guarantee if you feel like you don't like doing it and you felt like you've had a bad one, next time you're going to see a gain there because you've got a number to aim for and a number to beat. Yeah, that is a very good tip actually. Nathan. Yeah, so David had a really good tip, actually. You start off comfortably hard. You start off comfortably hard. You need to be comfortable and yet feel like you're going somewhat hard at the beginning. If you feel uncomfortable immediately in the first five minutes, you are going to peter off and it's not going to be your best power you can produce over that 20 minutes. Uh, And it should move into uh, some fairly good discomfort into the 10 minutes. And then that last five, you should have a good amount of kick left uh, to really build up as much burn as you possibly can and kick it through that last five minutes. Good work, boys. Yep, that's excellent stuff. Right on! Yet another amazing community resource has appeared for Zwift. It's aimed primarily at races, and very simply, ZwiftRankings.com, or the Cyclogent Virtual Ranking Site, does what it says on the tin. I caught up with Frank Garcia, a noted racer, veteran Zwifter, and the man who led the team which created it. I started by asking him for the elevator pitch. Uh, the new site is a ranking site, uh, which looks to um, sort of improve 
the racing experience, enhance it maybe is a, is a better way to say it, uh, by providing some rankings that are based on performance. One of the things that it does, uh, as well as ranking people, is put them into divisions uh, so that they can see how like people are doing and uh, compare themselves against uh, people with similar abilities. The top two divisions are Pro and Elite. There are then nine divisions for ordinary mortals and one division for race newbies or rookies. You can see how you rank on flat courses, hilly courses or a combination, as well as TT and Team TT. The maths behind how the system works is ferociously complicated, but as Frank explained, a really important metric for working out how many points you score in any given race is not only your own performance, but the strength of the field. You might get into a race and there are, you know, the L&Bs and the Cartwrights um, might be there, <laughs> and if they are, uh, the strength of field will certainly be much higher uh, than um, if they weren't there. And so... In any given race, we measure the strength of the field and you score uh, your points based upon how you finish against that strength of field. That's that's clever. I'm not even going to ask how you've how you've managed to achieve that. But that's that that is really clever. I noticed that I was hovering around the thousand points. Did I start with a thousand points or have I managed to accrue a thousand points? Um, everybody starts with a thousand points. Yeah, I thought that um, might be the case. <laughs> and then you can move up. Or down. Uh, in any given race, there is sort of an equal split of uh, positive and negative points, and that keeps the system um, fresh, if you will. Uh, you know, so you just don't move up and uh, stay up. You're, you have to be consistent in terms of uh, your performance. Could you just confirm my suspicion that there is a really, really serious amount of maths and computing power and data crunching and just general all-round geekery involved in the uh, under the hood in this site? Uh, absolutely. There is a, um, a lot of it. We'll uh, be tweaking it with some community input you know, over the coming days. Uh, you know, right now there's some discussions on, you know, how to handle DNFs and, you know, what's appropriate and what's not. Um, but there's a lot of these little details. Our hope is that for someone who wants to understand, we'll, you know, we provide some documentation on the site, then they can dig into it. But our hope is that it just feels right. You go in, you, you know, you finish a race, uh, you go look at it and you're like, yeah, okay, that, you know, that feels right. Um, so that's what we're striving for. So hopefully the complexity, although significant in how we compute it, um, when you uh, use it is, you know, you're just like, okay, that feels right. And I, I don't really have to worry about all the gory details. Now, I know you're working alongside the much loved Zwift Power, but, but th this is not any kind of kind of split or there's, you know, you're working hand in hand, aren't you, with, with Zwift Power. This is not in any sense a rival. We love Zwift Power. I, I love all the um, power information, the results, the zones, uh, you know, it's an amazing site. And uh, as we say in the cover letter on the site, uh, this is not intended in any way, shape, or form to be a replacement um, for anything that exists currently. Uh, this is just a ranking site, just a different view um, of the data, sort of a longer, you know, longer time period view is, is basically what it ends up being. So, you know, whereas uh, Zwift Power is, you know, all about the race, we're all about the races. <laughs> um, so that, that's that's where the difference is. So no, uh, we, we look to work with the community. We've been working very, very closely with 
us with power in order to to create this. Um, well, as it stands, it's a, a majorly impressive piece of work. But you know, I've got to ask you, what's the kind of next step, or what what little features might you surprise us with? Well, I think that the next big step, uh, Simon, is uh, br- even broader for the community. So, sort of stepping outside of the uh, racing community, which was where we started. Um, but to sort of broaden that out to the community as a whole. For instance, um, Strava right now says you can't compete in a challenge um, with, you know, with virtual miles or virtual kilometers, um, as it were. And so uh, we hope to bring something to cyclogen rankings um, in the near future where we can have, you know, climbing challenges and distance challenges just for the broader community so that anybody can do that, you know, sort of on their own, don't have to join a race. And uh, we can have some fun and, you know, have badges and, and uh, that sort of fun stuff um, as well in the site. Well, it is, you know, yes, again, the community delivers. You know, it is a, a stonking piece of work. Uh, I mean, the amount of detail that's in even this early iteration is just mind-blowing, really. Absolutely terrific. Congratulations, Frank. I think it's a brilliant initiative. Thank you very much. I mean, that is a piece of work. And I'm sure, like many racers, the very, very, very first thing I did as soon as this thing was launched was was go and see where I was. And um, it was quite complicated to look at at first. I, I do have to say it did take me a few moments to get my head around it. But but once I'd done a bit of random clicking and stuff, I did, I did manage to find uh, where I sat. And as Frank said, it felt right. I was more or less where I would have expected to be, which is, um, you know, I was kind of midway in, in Division 4, which was sort of where I thought I might be. Shane, have you checked yours? Look, I'll have to make a confession. No, I've been outside working on the tan lines, chasing pros and looking for uh, sprinklers for I can get more water from. So I haven't got around to it yet. But what, from what I heard just there, um, that's fascinating. I am still in awe of these community projects that are taking place and the brains behind them. Um, yeah, just brilliant. Nathan, I guess you didn't need to check your ranking. <laughs> I uh, We'd actually checked it live when we did an interview with uh, – with Frank on on stream right when they launched it and uh, everybody laughed at me. I don't race <laughs> Zwift much right now. I commentate all the races, <laughs> so I'm I'm like a rookie. I have a thousand points like you do. <laughs> like, you the know, name is a Cat Five. I'm Cat Five in Zwift now. It looks like, and you know, I'll start racing again soon. The collarbone had something to do with that as well. And you look at these things, and you just stand back in amazement. You're just completely gobsmacked about how this community responds to the challenges of regulating and organising racing on the platform. I mean, it, it is truly amazing stuff. On the flip side. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the power-ups of a pussy's place. So for those who might have missed this, uh, and you were quite lucky if you did miss it, actually, because it got incredibly acrimonious and very, very sweary, um, some dude came on Facebook and ranted hugely about the use of power-ups in races. And it wasn't just on Facebook. I mean, he was streaming this guy uh, on YouTube, and, I mean... <laughs> The language was just off the scale. And the thing is, I kind of don't mind people swearing at themselves, you know, being frustrated because they missed a break in a race or something. But this guy was swearing at other races and not just swearing, you know, I mean, like seriously abusing other races for using power-ups in a race where the use of power-ups were permitted. So, like, eh, 
What? <laughs> you know, anyway, I was going to get him on the podcast, but in the end, I decided after a bit of a bit of a dialogue with um, uh, with some people who were involved in the argument that actually we weren't going to get him on because he's just some kind of hideous attention seeker. Having said that, has he got a point? I mean, Nathan, if the race rules say you can use power ups, you can use power ups. End of discussion, surely. So early on in Zwift, I had a love-hate relationship with power-ups. They didn't bother me nearly as much as they bother this individual. Uh, And now I've like completely changed my view on it, actually, uh, to not even even being in the middle on it. I think that they actually bring more of a real-life experience to the game, actually. I think... Because we walk into the virtual world and the control that it provides us to see what's happening with power and with the individuals around us and know what they're producing too, it brings some assumption of control that you actually don't have on random number games that are played in the real world. And so I think it actually adds something to Zwift that we experience in the real world actually in random number games. That the reality is, is that there is a whole lot of luck that goes into real life group dynamics in a road race. And that it's it's different, obviously, in the way that's presented in Zwift. And maybe Zwift could change some things up even to make it a little bit more like a real life situation. If they added wind that randomly came at different times throughout the race and somebody could see that wind going at a different time and then use it at that time, that would be a random number game that somebody got an advantage from. And so... And there's a, there are probably hundreds of circumstances that we could talk about right now in a group dynamic, in a real-life race, where random number games gave somebody a huge advantage and they won the race because of it. And I think power-ups actually bring a real-life thing into it. So my, I've actually changed on it, and I actually prefer the uh, power-up ones. Now, at the same time, there's some days where I'm like, I just want to know what you got and know what I got and let's go. And so there's a place for that. And I think that you have a broad, broad, uh, you know, uh, number of events that you can jump into that have them or don't have them. So there's my piece on it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Well, no, as usual, they're very well thought through views and, and, you know, you, you watch a lot of racing. So personally, I think, I think you're right. Shane, is he kind of like purist to hate power-ups? Mm, I don't know. Look, um, look, I've been rolled in a sprint because somebody used a power up and I got furious for a few seconds and then went, ah, that's, that's the game. And that, that's the tool chest they had to use. So I'm all about use the tools given. Um, but I think the question there is that they're, because they're randomly assigned and you don't all start um, with say a, a swag of, you've got say one, um, well, I won't say burrito, they're now gone. You've got one sort of... Um, what truck for drafting and aero helmets and things like that. It's sort of randomly assigned. So when you're coming in, you know, down into that sprint, you don't want the truck, you want the aero helmet. So it, it's a bit of randomness there. We've got to gamify this because if we simulated outside so perfectly, just go right outside. There's got to be something different and something fun. So I, I think they add an element of fun and there's a lot more they could be doing with them too. Yeah, yeah. Good point, Shane. Good point to finish on, uh, or at least that little section. Um, one of the biggest questions that vex Zwifters is what type of trainer they should use. And often, understandably, it's all about budget. But, but budget aside, one of the biggest debates is wheel-off 
or direct drive trainer or wheel-on trainer, the type of trainer that generates resistance by having contact with the rear tyre. Now, I asked a Zwifter to make that decision uh, and I provided him with the kits he needed to make that decision and hopefully as he talks us through how he made that decision, uh, the process might give you a bit of insight. Here's my friend Paul Stokes with the next stage of his trainer journey. So my journey up the turbo trainer hierarchy seems to take another step. I own a Tax Vortex and like it a lot. Uh, I then had use of an Elite Ramper, which I was completely taken with, uh, like that one awful lot. And now I've been given a Wahoo Kicker to try out. Obviously it's a wheel off trainer, so it's different to the others. Right on! I don't have a permanent setup, so I am getting trainers out, putting them away a lot. The one advantage of the kicker over perhaps the ramper and the vortex is it's quite small. It folds away very, very small. So for my personal situation, that's a big plus. So when the when it isn't set up, um, that's going to help keep the uh, domestic harmony that I need to maintain to be able to use the, the trainers as much as I'd like to. The first thing you notice is that it's got some weight to it. This isn't the sort of thing you'd be throwing around too much. The two legs fold out really easily, just click very solidly and securely in place. Uh, it seems very stable. The legs are adjustable, um, which, is, which is a nice touch, but I guess for a piece of kit that costs as much as this does, you kind of expect it. Now this wasn't a new trainer out of the box, so someone has had it set up before. Um, I just had to put a cassette on it and I was good to go. Okay, so we're pedaling. There's a noise, of course there's a noise. I guess there's a slight whine to it, but it's not obtrusively loud or irritating, so what do we... Geez, this thing's rolls and rolls and rolls. The thing I really liked about the ramp was that feeling of momentum it gave you, but this thing just rolls forever. I'm not a really flat piece of the course, so there's no gradient changes at the moment, but the changes in power for when I just ease up the pedals slightly or start pedaling are amazingly quick. Um, much, much faster than the Ramper, which in itself was a touch quicker than the, the Vortex that I had before. The responsiveness and that speed is quite amazing compared to the other trainers I've used. And you have to ride a little bit differently. You can really judge it quite precisely to come up and get on somebody's wheel and ease off very slightly. On the other trainers I've got where there is a slight lag, only momentary, but it means you'd start pedaling and almost cruise up to the back of a group or a wheel and then reintroduce the power when you needed to. This thing you can judge it, really finesse it. It's quite impressive. When you're actually riding, um, you get that real sense of uh, keeping on top of a gear. Um, I think the actual effort to turn 
or to get a particular power or a particular gear may not be dramatically different when you're actually putting the power down but if you lift off just slightly a little bit with the ramp and more so with the vortex you really have to put a big dig in to get the wheel up to speed again whereas that sense of momentum or that inertia that you've got means you can just pick up that gear again and as I said get on top of it and that's I think perhaps more similar to it was on the road I know we're not and it's never going to be the same but it's a very nice feeling okay so rather foolishly and a bit of a impulsive decision I did the broad street sprint um, the kick is really nice for the sprints in the big efforts very stable you get that power immediately when you kick it down um, and it gives you a certain confidence to push a bit harder I think then I would on the other trainers um, okay fourth as it goes why I have interest out of 160 odd uh, uh, with hindsight I reckon I could have got that um, but that's more about me less about the trainer So far so good, I'm liking it. Um, it's a big chunk of money. Um, whether I'd like it, whether I like it twice as much as the ramper, I'm not immediately convinced. Maybe it's good, it's better than the ramper, obviously and undoubtedly. Whether it's twice as good, I don't know. We'll see. And we will see. We'll see before the end of the podcast when Paul comes back to tell us whether his journey from wheel on to wheel off is going to be completed. Okay, well, we're back with Paul for his ultimate verdict before the end of the podcast. And I have to tell you, it's an interesting choice he eventually makes. Um, Okay, guys, well, it wouldn't really be a proper episode without an update on um, Fluxgate. Uh, an eagerly awaited and keenly priced direct dive trainer uh, is launched by Tax and Shane breaks too and quite a few people complain that they don't work. Shane, where are we with Llama V Flux Part 3? Uh, round 3 is still pending. Um, Tax have been communicating quite, um, quite a lot with the Flux owners group on Facebook, which has been great. Um, and as we see with Zwift, the community are three steps ahead. What the community have done in there, in this uh, Flux owners group, have they've collated all the serial numbers of those Fluxes that have failed and they've been running the numbers and putting uh, tax to the sword about what they're claiming, the 1.7% failure rate. And I think it, it's, um, like these guys are like, again, the community just absolutely amazes me. There's some uh, mathematicians in there grabbing some stats and looking at the numbers and they're claiming about 3% failure rate. But I'm sort of sitting back going, hang on, half the fluxes out there are probably still in boxes. So we don't know the real failure rate. Um, look, I called Fluxgate early on. I'm, I'm Every day I'm calling Fluxgate louder and louder that they should be looking at a full product recall. Um, it's I've got a scrapbook of failures of videos and people emailing me about them. It's an absolute nightmare and it's getting worse every day. So... That's where we're at with that. I've uh, I, I've come across the flux here at the Tour Down Under Village. 
Um, nobody is actually writing it. Every event that I've seen tax at, nobody's writing a flux. Um, is that lack of confidence in their product itself? Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but uh, stay tuned. Ongoing. Well, I mean, they did release a very, very detailed statement on the results of their investigations into what's gone wrong. Um, and that in itself is to be hugely welcomed, isn't it? You know, they're talking to the consumers, they're being honest that there is a problem and they're saying what they think that the problem is. And and actually those maths charts that you refer to, and, and I agree with you that the response from the community has been amazing. I mean, there are people plotting this using all kinds of like formulas. I have no idea whether are robust, robust or not, but they certainly look impressive. Um, and they seem to very, very strongly suggest that it is only early, very early serial numbers affected. Um, but yeah, I think there might be a way to run on this story yet. And and it has been damaging for tax. It definitely has. But, you know, um, maybe they'll recover. Um, now, a bit of self-promotion, if you'll forgive it. After the last podcast, uh, John Mayfield, the um, very important decision maker and creative genius at Zwift, um, popped onto the Zwiftcast listeners group on Facebook to talk a bit more about a couple of things that we discussed last time. And I thought it was really interesting, guys. I don't know if you saw those posts, but it, he looked to me as though he was kind of holding back a bit. There was like, he's, you know, I think he said, I could have written two pages on, on what you guys were talking about. Now, that suggests to me that we got several things I was going to say we've got several things wrong. That suggests to me that our speculation may not have been 100% accurate, but we are working with with kind of limited information. But one of the good things about John coming on was was he, you know, he set us right on a few things and um, and provided some new information here and there. And he introduced the idea of Zwift gold instead of spending XP points. And, and all of this in the context of Zwift opening a virtual bike shop where, where you can get stuff. What, what, what's your understanding of what John said and how it might work, Nathan? Did it take us any further forward? Uh, I think it was confirming the idea that we never we don't spend XP points in games. You earn those and you have those and you gain your level and you never lose your level and the XP points are a direct relation to your level. And so, uh, and the fact that he called it gold was interesting to me instead of currency. I used the word currency, uh, but I mean, they essentially mean the same thing. Uh, and you have like in a, in World of Warcraft uses gold. Um, I think uh, it's coins in other ones. So it doesn't really matter whatever the, the, the currency is, but uh, you know, I think his, uh, the gold data that he's talking about, I thought that the points were going to be that maybe, but he said that the balances are currently zero. So I wonder if the points were wiped. Do you guys remember seeing points recently? If I open Zwift right now, am I still going to find... Do you guys remember early on in beta, there was like XP and then there was this points thing that was there as well that wasn't exactly the same as the XP and it also seemed to go along with my calories and those seem to have gone away now, I think. I can't find them anywhere. And so I'm wondering if maybe everybody's balances got wiped and in preparation, I'm, this is conjecture completely, obviously, but uh, for something that might be coming down there, my concern was the part where uh, it says been pushed back years now. And I'm like, 
no, I want a store. I want my gold. <laughs> I want, I want to start earning things. And so I, I, I'm not sure if that meant pushback gears from the original. And now we're looking at maybe it happening sometime soon, hopefully in, in but, or if uh, there's just a lot more going on that we're unaware of uh, before they can uh, try and grab that in development. Yeah. It was difficult to interpret that. I mean, my interpretation of it was that yeah, we've known we need to do this for ages and we've just not got around to doing it rather than you're going to have to wait several years for it to happen. Um, uh, which brings us on, actually, Shane, to something that, that you hinted at right at the beginning of this this episode. And it was something I had down um, uh, on our list of things to talk about. And I, I get it's a bit of a negative thing, really, but it's... Do we feel, and, and, and this, I think, is, is going to be particularly pertinent to people who've been on the platform for longer than, than the new people, so the kind of with veterans, if you like, but do we feel that development has um, been compromised in pursuit of growth over the past two to three months, or let's call it this indoor riding season in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if that was the case. The platform's got to grow. It's got to bring in more revenue. But there's not really been much new stuff, has there? Yeah, that, that's what I did hint at early on. Um, I mean, there's been discussion, and, and the discussion sort of comes in waves and flows um, on Zwift riders as well about, I mean, remember the other week we were talking about drafting. And uh, I think the result, there was nothing has actually changed in almost a year or so in, with drafting. Yeah, yeah. So there's no yeah. development there. Um, and even just little little things that were added early on quite quickly in the beta period. Uh, I think we got conditioned for new new toys and new shiny things. Um, so I think that's where us old school Zwifters are sort of, sort of you know, well, hang on, where's this, all this new shiny stuff that we're used to getting? Um, so there has been a bit of a slowdown there in visibility. But I pers- personally think the new Zwift is probably, it's still a whole new world to them um, and they won't notice that. So it's probably just an old school thing, just being old and grumpy. I think it is a bit being old and grumpy. Nathan, <laughs> I, you know, it, I, it, there is a bit of that, isn't there? I mean, you know, we've now been riding the same courses for an awful long time. I mean, there's a couple of simple things that could be done that would, would really just make me a bit happier. And one is, I really wish we could run the events in reverse on Watopia. I am now really officially fed up with racing Watopia flat forward. Yeah, it would be nice to have uh, different directions. I, I I can completely understand that. I think different directions would be very helpful right now to make it so that it lessens the amount of traffic during the events too. So a lot of people don't go backwards. If you've noticed on uh, a lot of the courses, most people just ride forward. They don't turn around. And so if we could run races backwards, it would it would it would it would kind of lessen how many just cyclists there are to get through. And you know, drafting on other people who are not a part of your event, all these other things that come up because of that. So running events backwards would be absolutely amazing. The other thing though too is I think achievements uh, and go after on a daily, like a daily thing that you could do the idea that I could have a daily to go in. I have this objective I go in and do each day and it earns me something in some sort of way. And people be have a motivation uh, besides riding the mountain route again or whatever it is. Those things are great and cool. But we've done them, some of our old scores have done them a lot of times and, and dailies that are changing each day too and they're always a little bit different. Something different to go do and go after and earn is a is a great way to keep people engaged. It's not surprising, is it, if you look at the, the trajectory of, of companies like Swift that development has been to an extent sacrificed 
for growth. I mean, it, 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 you know, I'm not moaning about it. It's 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 a fact of life. And and if the platform is um, going to develop in any meaningful way, this this phase simply has to be completed. And it's it's kind of not surprising we've not had too many shiny new toys. Although. Uh, and again, John was was on talking about this in the forums. It does look like Apple TV, uh, Zwift as a native app on Apple TV could be closer than we possibly think. And there was an announcement from Apple which may have just hastened that process or made that process for Zwift easier in terms of the size of um, app that uh, Apple TV will now accommodate. Shane, I've got a sneaking suspicion this could be absolutely enormous for Swift because basically um, it's a way onto the platform for $130. You and uh, you know, and you don't need a computer. That's all you need is this little box from Apple. Yeah, I'm not sure. It really comes down to how well it's going to run on that hardware. Um, now, Apple are notoriously bad on their MacBook Pros, which I own. Um, well, it runs in standard mode or basic mode pretty well. And if you haven't seen 4K, you know, 60 frames to 90 frames a sec, um, you don't know what you're missing out on. But and it looks okay. But for me, as a as a hardcore um, Zwifter on the uh, Alienware platform, it'll need to at least get that kind of quality on the Apple TV. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, but we're picky, Shade. I mean, I felt exactly the same. But then I just kind of put somebody else's shoes on for a while and thought, uh, okay, well, uh, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not very good at computers. I don't have a very good computer. Uh, my my work laptop is locked down. They won't put, let me put any uh, software on it. Um, I've got an iPad, but it, it's a bit of an old one. So for $140, uh, uh, and, and a cheap cable to hook up to my big TV, I can get Zwift and get Zwift looking pretty good. I mean, I think that's a pretty attractive proposition for that that sector of people. And, and that, I think, will be quite a large sector of people. But the big question is, what will be the interface? Because remember, Apple TV isn't touchscreen and doesn't come with a keyboard. So are we going to be waving a little remote around trying to log in? Or are we going to be using Apple Siri to try and tell it our passwords? That's going to be a hurdle. Or do we have to get a keyboard with a dongle adapter to Firewire to USB to Lightning to 30 pin to... No, I'm only kidding. It, there'll be a solution there, but I'm keen to see how they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, yep, and that will be an interesting, an interesting point. Okay, let's hear the final verdict from Paul, who's been riding both a wheel-on and a wheel-off trainer and trying to decide for him trying to decide for him if the extra money for the direct drive trainer is worth it. So my time with the kicker is coming towards an end. Gentle spin. I'm sort of asking myself the question, um, would I buy a Wahoo kicker? I love it. It's a good trainer. Um, it's the first wheel-off trainer I've had and you just feel a bit more bit more grown up, proper cyclist. You just feel the part a little bit more. It's a really good piece of kit. Uh, really accurate, it feels very fast in its changes of grading and things. I like it a lot. It folds down really small, which is great for me and my setup. I like it an awful, awful lot. Would I pay? Is it worth? that much more than the ramper that I have a 
genuine soft spot for. What the Vortex I was very happy with. Yeah, I'm not quite so sure. In fact, I probably wouldn't. Um, if cash wasn't an object or a problem, yeah, I probably would spend the extra. But for most people, I'm not sure it's really worth it. The difference between this and the Ramper is marked and you can feel the differences and see the differences, but it's not worth double the money in my view. So as much as I love it, um, and if anyone's bought one, you haven't made a bad decision. I think you've just got a bit more money than I have. Right on. Okay, well that was interesting. A very personal view from Paul. Um, slightly contrarian one, but but one I think it's definitely possible to understand. Nathan, what's coming up on Community Live? What's the biggest thing coming up in, on Community Live in the next week or two? Uh, so the big things that are coming up are going to be the uh, kind of a relaunch of Zwift on board. It's getting some upgrades. And so the live action of individuals from their pain caves in the middle of races and that really being highlighted well. Uh, the other thing obviously is going to be when uh, the schedule being launched so that you can have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Here's going to who's going to be live and at what time. Uh, those are two main things. And then the addition of other things outside of racing. So we're looking to launch a daily racer. So today, you know, we're gonna have like 15 to 30 different racers who we highlight and today it's this person's race. And, uh, and then a little bit of like chat and coach. We're getting a couple people that are coming in that are going to be having just some chat with them and get some good information about, you know, how do they do Zwift, you know, prolific people, people who are really accomplished in the world of cycling that uh, can come in and help individuals get involved in Zwift or how do they use their training for a training platform? Any other question you want to throw at them in the interactive environment? That sounds excellent. Sounds really, really, really good. Um, Shane, do you feel slightly divorced from, from Zwift? I mean, you know, it, 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 we forget, obviously, in the Northern Hemisphere that, you know, it is high summer for you. You know, it's tennis, it's road racing on the roads. Do you feel slightly different about the platform now than you would do in the middle of winter? I mean, surely you do. Although you do know you're doing a big meetup, aren't you, um, in the next day or so, based around the tour down under? Yeah, for sure. Um, the distance thing's always there, given we're in the opposite time zones to everybody. Um, so a lot of the races and also our access to bandwidth is, uh, um, as you know, is is terrible. Um, so we've got two whammies against us there. So there is a bit of distance for almost everything on the internet, I guess, especially when it comes to high bandwidth things and large events that involve a lot of people from all around the world. I mean, even this podcast, we have to sort of align our schedules and somebody's always missing out. Unfortunately, it's usually Nathan in the middle of the night. Um, so we get a bit of that. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, we're all uh, catching up here at the Tour Down Under tonight. So we have uh, Steve, Mike, Kate and Fabio, all from Zwift. We've also got Tim Searle, um, the famous leader of the HDR ride, um, and also Dave Parsons uh, helping run the show at his little spin studio. And we've got, well, I say little spin studio, but we've got nearly 200 people coming tonight. Um, so this is where everybody who cycles in Australia comes to for the week. And we're all here. And I think everyone's going to the Zwift event. So it's going to be huge. Is it air conditioned? 
the spin room has some fans, so we might just point them out into the into the uh, into the field of people standing around. Um, we'll all have cold beers anyway, given it's Australia. So uh, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I would imagine even if the air's not cold, the beer will be. Exactly. Uh, excellent. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Please pass on my best wishes to all um, Australian Zwifters. Tib Searle, I, I, I do know because um, uh, due to the vagaries of, of my schedule and the way Australian time zones work, as you were just talking about, I often do that HDR ride, actually, and it's a very, very good ride. It's a terrific ride. So um, it, uh, I hope you all have a great time there tonight. Nathan, it's fantastic to see you on Community Live. I know it's been a long time in the planning. It's really great to see it come to fruition. So um, people should check Facebook for that. Nice to speak to you both once again. Um, we're never short of things to talk about, are we really? Um, related to this silly virtual cycling game. It constantly surprises me, but we um, we always find something new and fresh to talk about. Thanks very much indeed, guys. Lovely to talk to you again. See you next time. just remains for me to thank Zwift for their continuing support for the Zwiftcast and to remind you that the company leaves us free to say whatever we like.